welcome to a brand new episode of Markers on the Map. Each week it's games, news, and more from the classics to the current gen as we explore gaming's infinite ever-changing landscape. Check out the gaming adventure on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. chicken sandwich war rages on robert bruh yeah it has to be a chicken sandwich you mentioned i already bruh. had it going <laughs> i'm bruh, sorry I, I already I, I already had it going no bro that's I why had... i was that's why i didn't say anything before we recorded that, that was my it was upsetting my stomach i had a chicken sandwich and it, it just been upsetting my stomach anyway that was like totally like i was like you know what? i still gotta start the, the episode out the same way <laughs> I was like, please don't say chicken sandwich. Please don't say chicken sandwich because that's what I'm going <laughs> to. But the chicken sandwich war rages on, Robert. Because I have tried the Jack in the Box cluck. And my God, it was delicious. Oh, the cluck sandwich? Like, that's, that's a. Yeah. That's his GTA, like, meal right there. The cluck sandwich? That, that's literally the, the, the chicken sandwich universe of GTA. It is? Yeah, they call it Clucking Bell. Oh, wow. So everything's like cluck sandwich, cluck wrap is like the like. So that is really funny. So I wanted to give my immediate like tiny review of this thing. So usually I don't like a chicken sandwich where there's an uh, like a disproportionate amount of meat to breading because I feel like sometimes you get a, like a really like huge bite of meat that doesn't have enough breading to it. Mm-hmm. And you look at this cluck sandwich and you'd be like, wow, there's going to be a huge discrepancy. Be, be you know between the the amount of meat you're getting and the amount of breading you're getting but mm-hmm. it seemed like for every huge part of the sandwich where there was a lot of meat they like added more breading onto it so every bite was just as flavorful no matter if it was like really thin or really thick and i was like this is really good I i'm mean, like it's like up there for the mcdonald's one for me and it's like tops at this point i mean it's a it's a fried chicken sandwich not a, a grilled chicken sandwich that's the yeah. problem. With some I don't really that. like grilled chicken. <laughs> well, grilled chicken's fine. It, it's just that the the breading has most of the flavor, has most of the seasoning. Yeah. So it's yeah. like it needs that. But sometimes you go to like KFC and there's like a really thin coating of breading. Never on had a really their sandwich. Like huge. It, it's it's fine. Honestly, I like I like the McDonald's one because it's like a very u- uniformly flat but very flavorful thing. And I still mm-hmm. think McDonald's has the best bread for their chicken sandwich. But, like, Ooh. this cluck is, like, McRib. real good. The McRib is back. Oh, yeah. You, you I got had one. those. Yeah. I love yeah. McRibs. I've never, had, I've never had a full one. I've just had bites. <laughs> it's a good. I love the McRib. It's a farewell tour, so uh, I, I doubt it. I think we'll come back. But we're going off topic. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't we doing a video games podcast here? We right? are doing a video game podcast. We're talking about chicken sandwiches and McRibs. Yeah. No game like the video game of life, am I right, gamers? (laughs) Anyway, you're listening to a brand new episode of Markers on the Map. It's a weekly podcast gaming adventure where today, I think, uh, Bayonetta is is the name of the game. But before we get started, my name is Daniel, and I am here with my good friend and co-host, Robert. How you doing, Robert? Uh, good. Same old, same old. You know, nothing much has changed. How about you? I'm doing pretty good myself. Uh, the weather has gotten a lot colder. 
Oh, and windier yeah tell me i'm not that. really into that <laughs> i'm into it i like i like colder windier weather oh uh, yeah i i mean i'm not a huge fan of like having to like wear a jacket and a sweater oh, i love jackets. And a, a long sleeve I shirt all at once and, and like I, I get to i start to feel a little stiff at, at some point like i i like how cool i can look in 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 one of my jackets but like <laughs> I'd rather wear a short sleeve and shorts, but you know, that's me. Aside from that, we are in the holiday AAA game season. This is the, well, this podcast comes out on, on God of War Day, so we're getting ready for kind of like Sonic Frontier, God of War, Ragnarok, and Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, the triple threat of AAA games. It's the last uh, hoorah of the year. It's always a holiday season where something it's significant has to drop something has to to be the the game to buy for that holiday season yeah and there's a few smaller ones that um we may cover at some point there's a need for speed unbound game coming out there's um crisis core the the remake for the modern consoles and there's evil west which is from the creators of a game we talked about earlier in this year called shadow warrior 3 so i'm actually really interested in that like kind of western uh, like shooter almost like red dead meets devil may cry um type game at least from what mm. we've seen of it but it has to be said that we can't ignore bayonetta on the road to this kind of like holiday gaming season because it it came out a few weeks ago it was october 28th mm-hmm. and it it like this is a sequel that I think it's eight years apart from Bayonetta 2, which originally released as a Wii U game after Bayonetta was like, is Bayonetta ever going to get a sequel? Nintendo comes in and kind of gets Bayonetta as an exclusive character and game for a Nintendo console. So Bayonetta 3, much to you know the dismay of performance issues, is a game that's only being released on the Switch. And we'll kind of get into some of those issues later on in this conversation. It's kind of interesting not only to see, you know, Bayonetta become a Nintendo exclusive thing, but also like Bayonetta as a as a character in a series is a little more risque than we, you know, come it's to know from been, Nintendo. It's always been a risk. I've said this before and I'll say it on the podcast. It's a franchise that doesn't earn enough to it doesn't earn enough as Mario or or Zelda. It is a Nintendo Oh yeah, IP it's definitely a niche somewhat. thing. Yeah, it's a uh, it makes it makes just enough for it's like if we get enough support we'll do more with it but it really has to have that fan base drive to have anything done with that franchise yeah i'd put it and i'll make this comparison gameplay wise in a bit i'd put it in like the same kind of category as like something like no more heroes but also it's exclusive which is like whoa what's going on here like this is a very like (laughs) interesting game to have as exclusive it's because you know if they release Bayonetta on multiple platforms, it would get a little bit more. But at the same time, Nintendo's the reason why their sequels even being made. It's such a yes. a weird, such a weird thing with that franchise that you're. It was you're like you know what about. Nintendo steps in. Let's rescue Bayonetta. Um, I don't know the full story of this, but I'm like I was always shocked when they announced Bayonetta two that I'm like, well, this isn't coming to PS, you know, PS three, PS four, or mm-hmm. Xbox or stuff like that. You're putting Bayonetta as an exclusive Nintendo game. Don't you know it's very violent? <laughs> um, uh, well, there's, there, there's a, uh, I, uh, I don't know. Nintendo now, I think, is at a good place where it comes to third party and sort of yeah. kind of adding that stuff. The Wii, you know, the Wii era and that era was yeah. very different from how it is now. This is cool, Nintendo. Rad Nintendo. 
rad Nintendo. And I gotta say, it's cool that Bayonetta has gotten representation in, like, Amiibos, and she's in Smash, and, you know, all the music and stages in there. It's like she's, like, a full-on Nintendo character at this point. Even in the credits for Bayonetta 3 at the opening, when they show all the the studio logos, Mm -hmm. uh, like Platinum Games and Sega and all that, Nintendo's there. Like, you see a Nintendo logo in a box that, like, they're, 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 like, um delivery men moving boxes in the beginning it's a nintendo logo i'm like that's very cool so man of the three starts out with you know you're in new york and these new enemies the homunculi start attacking and everything starts getting destroyed based on this guy named singularity i'm not going to get into too much of the plot because the game's you know only a few weeks fresh mm-hmm. and i'm not gonna I'm going to try not to ruin any, like, significant plot details. Um, I'm going to talk about some weapons that might show up later in the game, but never really any, like, location spoilers or anything major that you wouldn't learn in the first hour or two. Mm, or the um, first, like, 30-minute gameplay videos. Like, eh, it's just... Yeah, you kind of yeah. get those. I mean, if you've seen gameplay or if you've started the game or know, you know, the basic outline of the plot then it's i'm definitely not going to spoil anything like major here i I won't Mm -hmm. spoil any like major story beats um but in 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 awesome bayonetta fashion the city's being destroyed bayonetta decides to go onto a cruise ship and like instead of just having a cool dress she just rips some decorations off the ship and automatically gets into a dress so we know bayonetta's got this like silly sense of humor to it it's always been kind of a comical series which is why i put it up there with no more heroes yeah um especially three because this game does like so much with the the humor that i can't quite remember from the first two but this one just feels like it goes way too far for comedic effect in in the best way because the the silly scenarios and 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 story and like the the quirky situations that the characters find themselves in is Mm. actually my favorite part of this game versus the gameplay which kind of it, it kind of is hit or miss at, at points um so you've got this you know big set piece opening where you're kind of riding the cruise ship along a giant tsunami of new york's destroyed buildings and you have the the demon like shopkeeper rodan from bayonetta kind of in his ice cream truck and he's kind of like dressed up i think like a penguin and he's like throwing pizzas out and like bandana's catching the pizzas it's just kind of like <laughs> weird and funny it's it's hard to kind of like it, the game does a good job of it, like getting you into the story and characters and everything without you having to play the mm-hmm. previous games. But if you have, it does add this whole layer of like, well, this is like one of the strongest demons of the underworld, but he's just chilling out in a costume and like selling ice cream truck in New York. <laughs> Ooh, oh, what is it? Yeah, I don't think there's any other game that's like that besides like, no, I guess resident evil when it was like kind of funny is the only closest thing i can also think of too it is like a, resident uh, evil 6 when it yeah. jumps the gun so hard 100 <laughs> percent. this what it reminds me of too is like it is that like you th- it looks like a serious franchise and it has maybe some serious elements but it is a a funny you know uh game yeah. to itself the thing with this though is that i think it's actually legitimately like on purpose not taking itself too seriously Mm -hmm. because you're talking bayonetta she carries around guns she's got guns on her shoes um that that gives us our first weapon which is the color my world which is uh bayonetta three um the main weapon um but at the same time it introduces this new mechanic called demon slave because bayonetta realizes that she can't really control her demon at one point Mm -hmm. so she decides to do this dance called the demon slave and 
this dance is apparently so mesmerizing that um, you can control the demons in this one. So this is where the gameplay starts to differ and also where it starts to kind of be a little bit much versus, say, your regular hack and slash game. Mm -hmm. You have your core mechanics of a punch button, a kick button, uh, a gun button, and then B is jump. And then your ZR will do dodge. If you've played Bayonetta or any Platinum game, really, um, a dodge can trigger a time slowdown called Witch Time. They also do this in, like, the Transformers game. And I believe there was a version of it in Metal Gear Rising, but that was kind of, like, combined with the whole, like, cutting in whatever direction mechanic. But Witch Time gives you a moment to slow time down where Bayonetta can just keep doing her, like, insane combo. Um, But in this one... If you hold ZL down, you will summon whatever monster you have equipped. And you can have three equipped at a time. And they all kind of... You you can move them because Bayonetta is simply dancing. So you have free control over the monsters. They are very slow, a bit clunky. But they all have their own unique moveset. So, for example, mm-hmm. Madama Butterfly is one of the first ones you get. She's a little more agile. She's very tall. She can kind of stop enemies and do sw- sweeping attacks. Um, Gamora is more of a, like a heavy hitter. There's a spider um, that is kind of the similar thing where it's just a heavy hitter. Um, there's a bird later on in the game, a, like a flying one. I'm really bad with the names of these because all the weapons and demons have like, <laughs> you know, d- like demon names that I can't remember them all, can't keep them all straight. Um, and there's a few other ones that are pretty cool. There's actually a train that you can, like, stop the game and just, like, draw a path around enemies and just put, like, posts up for the train to start blasting them. I thought that one was pretty cool. But this mechanic means that a lot of the enemies have to be large enemies. And Mm. whereas you look at something like Devil May Cry 5, where the enemies don't get to be too big, but they're all there to kind of, like, make the most of the movesets of the characters, this game puts more emphasis on using the demon slave than anything so i never feel like there's enough variety in the smaller enemies or enough small enemies present for you to be like doing cool combos with bayonetta's own weapons um there's a lot of focus on using the demon slave and i think that's to the game's detriment um it's not entirely it's not the entirety of the game where you're having to use that most of the time but in Mm -hmm. like most of the verses you are using this demon slave. And I, I think it works best when you're fighting an enemy and you get a little flash at the end of a combo. And Platinum did this in Transformers Devastation and in Astral Chain, um, where a little flash would come off and you would hit a button, like a, a shoulder button, to do some kind of finisher. In this one, your finisher brings out the demon for a quick moment to do a cool, you know, combo ender. But. I, I didn't really get on for the entire game with this idea that you are controlling a, a clunkier, bigger thing in a series like Bayonetta where you're meant to go blazing fast against enemies, um, especially with the weapons that she was given. So I think that's like a really negative point I can I can make here. It's just so hard for me to put my opinion on this. I haven't really played Bayonetta, but it's just like... Ah, I don't really know. Like, it's kind of weird because I honestly, like, I don't know what to say. It's just, like, I can't really, I've never really played the franchise. And also, yeah. it's just, like, 
I, I don't know, just, but just had I to open it up there for it. a second so I could take a breath. <laughs> no, yeah, I definitely, I definitely would take your word for it. I know you've probably tried all of them, and there's, I mean, there's yeah. also things that I've, I've actually that I beat know you've all tried. three of the games. Yeah, so I mean, you give every game of its fair shot, and you do yeah. point out some criticisms that are very fair. It's not just like yeah. grabbing straws. So, uh, and full disclosure, it's gonna sound probably like I hate this game through yeah. some of this conversation i don't i actually really like this game but a lot of my opinions are also shared with other critics that i've seen reviewing the game or talking about the game on other podcasts a lot of the things we'll get into in a minute here uh, i have a very similar opinion about mm-hmm. um i just want to get the demon slave out of the way because while it is very cool and cinematic it does actually you know culminate in the worst part of the game the okay. best part about the game is bayonetta's actual weapons so the guns the guns are guns. They're fine. The G-pillar, it's like a giant sword thing. It's fine. But then the next weapon you get is this, like, spider yo-yo thing that just is absolutely, like, hilariously fun. You're, like, doing yo-yo tricks with this double-bladed yo-yo. and You're spinning around. You're, like, dashing forward with it. And after that, you get my absolute favorite weapon in the game. It goes with the train demon. Um, James Stephanie Sterling called they they dubbed this the train saw it is a train that you carry around that turns into a chainsaw that you can ride around like a train and when you dash bayonetta turns into like a train demon herself this is the coolest weapon i have ever seen in a hack and slash game it's it's weird because i don't know why but the idea of a saw reminds me of the bloodborne melee weapon oh, the first one you yeah, can yeah, get yeah. they're all salt what what's what is it with like salt type weapons yeah i guess the you're talking the saw cleaver yeah the first one well, yeah i mean there's even and that like one a... transformed too it transformed into like a, a a blunt force weapon all the weapons in bloodborne had like transformations but like man this chain this chainsaw train thing is just like it's a little bit slower than the yo-yos or a lot i should say but it's just so cool and fun and just like it looks cool um there's a hat later on that like shoots little projectiles um there is like a uh, there's one i won't spoil that i'm actually using now it's very cool um but the weapons are just so cool um they all have a, a shared skill tree with whatever demon they're they're kind of like attached to Mm -hmm. um but you don't necessarily have to use that demon with that weapon so you can use the train weapon and then you can use madama butterfly or gamora and you won't get penalized for that in anything but there are certain unlocks on skill trees where it's like you have to have this part of this one to unlock this weapon's you know special move or something um but for all the time you're using the demon slave the the skill trees do seem a bit bloated and there's not a good enough introduction to any of the combat mechanics there is a training room that you can go to but it does kind of like it 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 has a gta type tutorial where it's like yeah it's there for a minute but then like you're on your own and you're having to pay attention to certain types like certain motions like sometimes you might have to spin the stick before you hit the punch button Mm -hmm. um or you know spin the stick while holding zl because it's a demon slave move stuff like that it's very complicated i played on casual because 
I, I, I started on normal, but I switched to casual because there's so much stuff that it's throwing at you, so many new mechanics in just about every level that you're not really getting a grip on the combat system until oh. you start replaying it. Does it have that Devil May Cry 5 problem where there's too... It's it's too complicated and there's too many characters to switch around, or is it just... It, it's too much, it, you know what I mean? It does in a different way. So you have one other character you play as in the normal levels... But she plays mechanically the same. The only thing that's different is that she has a katana and mm-hmm. you can do a parry attack to um, to activate witch time. But they switch it from ZR to the regular R shoulder button. Mm-hmm. So you're having to kind of like mentally switch that up. Um, yeah. And the timing is a bit trickier. For her demon slave, um, the demon will act on its own. Cheshire will act on its own while you're holding the button, so you can still freely move around as Viola, but you're using your fists when when Cheshire is out mm-hmm. instead of instead of the sword. Mechanically, yeah. pretty similar. It's it's. I feel like this is an interesting topic. I was thinking about this because you know there's people who are just like, I don't want to play a so and so type platformer. Let's say like Knack. Knack has yeah. a moment where it'll jump for you, and people are like, well, that's just being like baby mode give me something like yeah. crash bandicoot but then obviously you get people who complain like oh crash is too difficult how why do i have to do this like very like precise jump to get to this certain platform it's sort of the same feeling i have for like people how they say like spider-man batman yeah. the like the like it's, oh you're just pressing a square the whole time but then if it's too difficult to do it's actual combos like x square tri- uh, triangle quarter circle doing then it's too difficult i mean yeah like, this this game's combos weird. are definitely like this is a mechanical this is like devil may cry level of mechanical yeah. like and mastery. that's like a, a topic that i had to bring up for it because it's just like i was thinking about that recently like it, it's never it's hard it's hard to do to do both or do none or please one and 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 not have the other one there or please another and the other one be upset it's weird it's one of those things yeah. where it's if it was too easy there would it, you definitely get something like it's too easy but at the same time i think if you have multiple characters it has to be like simple you can't make yeah. it too difficult because then your brain has to switch to i'm playing this character now not this character and this doesn't have an auto combo like like bayonetta one did or like devil may cry five but i think playing on casual gives you a good amount of like yes i can pull off cool moves because the enemies aren't dying right away while also being able to enjoy not having combat for a while with Mm -hmm. the weapon i just got because like it's been pointed out in, in other um reviewers there are times like when you get the train weapon where there will be two levels where you're not playing as Bayonetta, therefore not using the train weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there'd be like a viola level in between that. I think the only like it's it's not like Devil May Cry Five. The characters aren't different enough mechanically to where it feels like what game am I playing now? Like Dante and Nero are so vastly different, and then you have V, who just is not like it's not like a hack and slash character to start with. Um, in this, they've kind of combined some of V's mechanics with Bayonetta with the Demon Slave and then made Viola similar enough to uh, Bayonetta to where you're not, like, totally lost. But mm-hmm. there's um, about four chapters scattered throughout the main plot that are mandatory where you're doing a side-scroller elevator action type level as the other character, Jean. Um these are not good and very poorly paced, I think. This is definitely the weak spot for me. Um, and I hate it because Jean is very cool. I wish she got some cool levels like the other two. But she has these very, like, like 
kind of grading stealth 2D platforming sections mm-hmm. um, that aren't very fun at all. Like, I feel like if you want to play elevator action, go play elevator action. I get that the homage is there, but like, this should have been restricted to the mini game. It becomes after you finish it. So, like, I wouldn't even count her as a playable character. These are just like mini levels that are a completely different game, and I don't think they fit at all in, in the narrative. Like, story wise, yeah, they advance the plot in a certain way, but like, when you're playing, it's like, what are we doing here? And you just got the train weapon, and you're giving me this, like, John 2D stealth. And the stealth didn't even seem to work for me. I don't know. It's not that it's stealth that it's bothered me. Because, like, stealth can be done good. It's just that, like, what are we doing here? <laughs> My, maybe all over... Would you say it's all over the place? Or do you think there is an actual structure to the game? There's a structure to it. But mm-hmm. also, it's a beautiful mess. Okay. It's a mess in the most exciting, best way. The way I the way I was thinking about how to phrase this game is like, if you want to play on casual, I think that's totally fine. Enjoy this as like a huge like a conglomeration of games that you are playing one after the other. Sometimes in the same chapter, you are doing things like having a regular band at a level. Oh, then you're riding on top of the spider. And the spider will do Spider-Man swings around the city. And, like, you're <laughs> swinging around the city as the spider. Then you'd be playing as one it's of the a... multiverse Bayonettas. And you... she has Spider-Man powers. You know what this is? This is a, a demo disc. Just into <laughs> it's, one it's game. It's a demo disc. It's a demo. It's a 2000 PS2 demo disc. Try this game out for a bit and go to this other one. Try out this demo. Yeah. But then hear me out, Robert. In the same chapter, you fight a boss. And then what, what do you think happens? Just venture a guess. What happens? I don't even know. I, I actually, what I want to go back on the demo disc. You know, there's people who probably may listen to this that have no idea what a demo disc is. Oh, the joys of the demo disc. <laughs> Those are the days. But for the for the boss fight, I I, I don't know. I've given. A, I have no idea. I don't know. Is it a well, giant beaver? Close. Uh, Bayonetta co- like turns Gamora into a literal giant, and you're facing off against a giant in a. Godzilla-esque kaiju battle with its own separate oh. control scheme. Uh, I th- so the giant part was correct. I just wasn't yes. right about it being an actual like beaver. But all this happens in one chapter. Just one chapter. Okay. One chapter. Okay. <laughs> There's a chapter towards the end where it starts off as Panzer and Dragon where it's like this on-rails shooter that you're flying through. But then mm-hmm. it turns into like Galaga, where it's a top down shoot 'em up. But then it turns into R type, where it's a left to right shoot 'em up. In the span okay. of like five minutes. Alright. That's uh <laughs> Yeah, it, I'm telling you, for me it sounds like it's a, a straight up demo disc and just trying out different maybe maybe this could be uh let's try something different, try new things, see what works, see what doesn't. If they do make a fourth game, which be like years from now, but if they make a fourth one they may take obviously what worked in this one and what didn't and just leave it there. That might be for the best because you know what? My complaint with the second game was always that there was like way too many bosses. And I think that's kind of represented here. There's still a lot more bosses than I'd like there to be. Mm-hmm. But like there are so many genre shifts. This is this is part of like I want to play Bayonetta, but I never get to play Bayonetta. Like yeah. there's a part where you're a giant. 
actually, I don't want to spoil the ending of chapter six, so I won't even describe it because I thought it was amazing. Um, but there's one towards the end where it turns into a rhythm game, and I actually really appreciated okay. how cool that one. I, I said, it. no, like that was legitimately like what is probably the coolest part of the game. <laughs> I mean, I, I may be, but what is this game? A rhythm? All right, uh, all right, it's rhythm. Have a rhythm part. But I'm just telling going you, off. I, with, I feel like I'm describing like Deadly Premonition two, but like. A fantastic uh, game. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, it's probably they're trying to do what works. If we make a fourth one, bring what works. What do people enjoy? What did they didn't like? And what yeah. they didn't like? Leave it. Just leave it there. We tried it. Didn't work. We'll we'll just add what people enjoyed. Some other stuff that's in there kind of seems like a little bit of bloat. Um, the game does feel like one of your classic N64 collectathons. You are going really? through levels. You are finding like. CD like records everywhere you're finding game, little man? character 3D <sighs> figures you're opening boxes that turn into platforming challenges which don't quite work because Bayonetta doesn't really control all that well but the platforming challenges are there you've got three animals to find in every level a crow a cat and a toad and if you find all three you'll open up a bonus stage where you like you can fight another boss in the bonus stage or do platforming problems there um there's little time like freeze challenges where you get transformed into younger Bayonetta and you've got to like reverse time and go through a bit of platforming and like try to find the right path to get up on a like to find another collectible there's just mm-hmm. so much here it's overwhelming and I actually don't think it needed to be it's, it's I don't know what I, I I had a different picture for Bayonetta now I don't even know what's what's going on my, my well look I went back like to the first dream. one and I'm like this feels like Devil May Cry 4 and I'm like, I always okay. remember the second one being like a very good action game with like 10 bosses in every level. That's an exaggeration, but is it? This one is just like, this is like No More Heroes 3, but like they put like Travis Strikes Again in No More Heroes 3. So you're doing like all these different types of games all the time. But it's super silly and fun yeah, <laughs> and colorful. It, you know, it's funny at the end of it, it seems like, I don't know. It doesn't sound like you're bashing on it. You can give criticism to things that you enjoy. Yeah, That's yeah. what gives good feedback when it's valid criticism. And, you know, maybe it's some things just don't work and you can't. But, I mean, you seem to enjoy it at the end of the day. Yeah. And I, I was replaying a few of the levels, you know, skipping the cutscenes um, because I had already seen the story. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it definitely feels better paced when you're just going through it. But, like, you're stopping to look for all the collectibles on a first run most of the time when you play a game like this. And, you know, in addition to what I said, there's those Devil May Cry-esque challenge rooms where you go into, like... And and Bayonetta's always had this. You go into, like, another realm and you've got a challenge that's, like, beat this amount of enemies in this amount of Mm -hmm. time. Or don't get hit. Or sometimes the floor is all slippery so you keep falling off the edge. Um, There's so much here that I never felt like any of your weapons got a real, like time to shine unless you go it's, it's meant to be replayed but on a uh-huh. first playthrough i think you should be showing off the cool stuff that you're getting not switching to two different types of levels right after you get the coolest weapon in the game multiple mm-hmm. times it does this i don't know this 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 franchise seems it, i like my opinion or my view on Bayonetta has changed ever since this i think this episode has changed my view forever i don't know what this this one is well would you be interested in playing bayonetta 3 sometime uh that's a good question i 
I don't know if I would even go back to play the other ones. I've never. I don't. Really I don't feel like interested. those are necessary to your to someone's enjoyment no, of this. I think. I think it's a but, good point to come in at. But if you want that like Devil May Cry esque experience, then it's the first two that are gonna be you know, like for you. I think this one is like if you've played Devil May Cry and you've played No More Heroes sprinkle in some of the the like like a deadly premonition 2 or something like that and you do have like a combination of all these things like all the quirkiness of everything is kind of like full force in bayonetta no, no, 3 no, no, no. if you want some devil may cry uh this is probably the title that i'll look into it but play spawn armageddon you know that's a devil may cry clone it's a hack and slash or character yeah, action game slash. as they call it nowadays yeah they they they, they i'm pretty sure it's a devil may uh uh, cry clone you know back as a kid i always looked at games like that and i'm always like these seemed easy because you could you know press buttons and do cool things with your sword but when you actually play them they're so mechanics heavy that it's just like anybody who can master these games like or go watch combo videos on youtube of like people doing the triple s combos and yeah. devil may cry it's like the amount of skill that it takes to pull these off is like next level <laughs> I guess to kind of round off the thoughts here, uh, this game has some references besides, you know, to other game genres. It does have references itself to, to Devil May Cry, in, including a cutscene with the spider that is the exact same cutscene as uh, the original Devil May Cry when you first meet Phantom. I was very happy with that. Um, the soundtrack, as always with Bayonetta, phenomenal. The story, pretty all right. Um, it's a multiverse story, you know, those are kind of getting a little bit played out, but it, it oh, gives its man. own little Bayonetta twists to it. Um, so you'll see, you know, it, it's not a spoiler to say you meet your first other Bayonetta in, in chapter three. And um, the new voice actor for Bayonetta, I actually think she did a great job. I actually prefer her as Bayonetta and Bayonetta 3's style, like the, the way the character looks in, in the third game is by far my favorite of the three. Like, she's real cool. And if you want to change the costumes, you can customize the hair color, the costume color, the glasses color. It's all good in this game. It's real fun. Uh, it's a it's a beautiful mess, but it is like like a like a solid eight. Oh, one more thing. I, I mentioned performance. Okay. Per- oh, this yeah, is the this is the first time I think that the Switch hardware is showing its age. Like, there's been uh. some impressive things on the Switch, but man, oh man can this not keep like this has trouble keeping 40 from from what i've seen like there are times when it hits 60 but like my god <laughs> i mean it is maybe a a, a a hardware issue but at the same time you look at example ghost ghost yeah. has zero load time on a ps4 and mm-hmm. that's them understanding the hardware not and them not trying to push the hardware they know their limits yeah so they know where they can kind of, uh, kind of like, oh, we we don't we don't need to do that. We could do this, and that will save us a. But it, it's sort of like I can see both arguments that yes, it is a hardware problem, but at the same time, you have other games that are more demanding. It would seems you know that can perform very well. I, I actually to some think people. that they said we're gonna do this no matter what the limits. Like these giant massive exactly. set pieces. Everything in Bayonetta three is a set piece. Literally I everything. Think- start they, to finish they said that and then they're like wow um this is not gonna hit 60 frames because yeah. you know you it have does, to know like, your hardware for five minutes of the game i saw 60 frames it was a there's, beautiful thing 
there's there's something like if someone said, man, PS5, we're gonna have 4K 120 ray tracing, and they say that, and then next you know they're 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 doing it, and they're like, you know what, we can't really achieve that. It's still not there yet. It's kind of like that yeah. scenario where they should have known what they're putting it on and be like, okay, let's not promise or plan something this massive. That's what it, I. It's get almost the like the. Of. It's almost like the 30 frames is starting to creep back in because Gotham Knights. Well, uh, I think Gotham Tail Requiem no. is also 30 frames. I, I think I think those games are are only doing 30 FPS, not because that's the limit of the hardware. Is they're doing something that's eating up the frames. There's something there, or that they're they like don't not having up. a performance mode. They're just having ray tracing, and they're like, yeah, deal with like it. they're 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 not giving up a certain thing. I think like six out of ten gamers will not notice the difference and it's a it's just like why do that why limit your frames i've told you from the get-go of this generation i want 60 frames always locked on i don't care how the game i don't care if it's 4k i don't care if it's 4k i'll take 1080 with 60 frames just let me have 60 frames i'll take 1080 120 frames or 2k 60 frames all day i do not care if it's Oh, 4K, but it's 30 frames. No, I want, you know, good load times, good frames, and, and you yeah. know, solid performance. That's what I want. So that's why, like I said, I, I I maybe see it, but I don't know. I think the Switch still has some surprise in it. I think it is oh, time it, for maybe absolutely. a new version of it, I would say. I don't think they're ever going to make uh, another console that's different compared to the Switch. It has to be like the Switch, too, in some way, yeah. shape, or form. Um, And I guess to end it, Bayonetta 3 loading times are really impressive. So, like, okay. performance so might be taking a hit, but, man, you would not expect those load times for a game of that caliber on the Switch. It's incredible. The load times, 10 mm. seconds tops. That's good. That's, that's actually yeah. pretty good. So, Bayonetta 3. We'll talk about Gotham Knights some other episode. Um, I, I've only played Batgirl and a little Red Hood, so I actually want to kind of talk about all the characters before we start, you know, getting in depth with it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. But when we were talking about the um, the the performance, it just made me think of Gotham Knights. It's like it's a very beautiful, pretty game. If it like if it especially when you're just still and looking at the city. But like, man, I just don't see any reason why that has to be 30 frames on on next gen consoles. There's there's just, something like I cannot giving up. <laughs> there's something yeah. they're not giving up because I'm I'm letting you know. God of War runs 60 frames. 120. God of War can run 120, the new one. <laughs> and you got so many games like Spider-Man can do 2K 60 frames locked or rate with ray tracing. So there there's a is 60 frames ways. ray tracing mode in Spider-Man. That's I will say this, there's a ray tracing 60 frames. It gets it gets rid of some you know uh you know you know people in the streets. It gets rid of some you know some little yeah. details but nothing to disrupt the gameplay so that's what i'm saying there there's something in gotham knight that they're not willing to give up but it's just something very it's just something so minimal and it's just like it most people are not going to notice if it's there or not like i i wouldn't mind if they cleaned up some of the puddles on the ground now they look cool they make gotham city look very moody but if taking a few of those puddles away gave me that 30 extra frames that i need to have a smooth experience on this admittedly fun game it's like come on Warner brother game montreal just take off the puddles it's i mean but also warner brothers is not in a good position right now i don't think they're in they're not in a good position right now and i think there's there i don't think there's a valid excuse there is an excuse but it's not a valid or 
like yeah. yeah it's not a valid excuse for why it's still 30 frames but that's a different topic yeah well going from a very awesomely dressed character to one who's not really awesomely dressed oh, it's man. time for this week's pokemon drip gold and silver featuring bugsy the bug type gym leader from pokemon heart gold oh, and soul no. silver now bugsy um definitely looks like a bug type gym leader but i'm just not feeling it this look at this i don't know just looks like a dork man just like look look at it. the hair the the clothes uh, I think the hair is actually the coolest part. I'm 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 not down I on Bugsy's like hair, but um yeah, I'm I, I like the colors, but not the look. Uh, something about Does that it make sense? Just, <laughs> I'm I'm looking at it and like what what bothers? I don't know. There's like it's something just bothering me about it. It looks like and a school like, uniform. I think the shoes are bothering me. The socks are also kind of bothering me. The How shorts, do we feel about the net as a fashion accessory? Um, I mean, I get it. You're a, a bug catcher. You need something to catch some bugs, a, a net. But, yeah. I don't know, there's some pretty big bugs out there. Come I don't on, think that you can catch a whole beedrill with that No, net. like, wh- oh, what Pokemon is that? What po- It's a bug-type Pokemon. And it's caterpie oh is it cat no there's there's like um i know there's some like some massive bug type pokemon that's not catching a, a bug type pokemon and that that little like yeah, small, it's, that's it's not catching like, like a yanma or yan it's not even catching a butterfree like there's no way that butterfree is like gonna be stuck in that yeah i've actually never been a huge fan of bugsy I always thought he was kind of a, another roadblock <laughs> you know, for me. But, like, as a six-year-old playing Pokemon Gold and Silver for the first time, most things were roadblocks for me. You know what's kind of what's funny? It's this guy is wearing a a Boy Scout uniform as, like... That's what it. That's what it is. It's like, you need to upgrade your clothes. You need to have something different. Because not even, like... Even Steve Irwin clothes didn't look like that. He actually had like grown yeah. clothes, like catching wild like clothing. This is not it. This is a actually boy's I could movie. see Bugsy having like a Steve Irwin, you know, wardrobe and being exactly. like pretty cool or even more menacing. I I know Pokemon doesn't go for more menacing, but I guess I could say Ish. that like it would make him look more he, menacing. Yeah. He he is wearing a Boy Scout uniform when he should be wearing a like safari uniform. That's what it should. Yeah. Be. I was looking through some of the gold and silver today. I think they do as a as a gen. Like there's some really cool ones toward the end, but I think as a generation, this is the weakest drip in Pokemon. Oh, hundred percent. If I were to give this a, a drip rating, this will be my final verdict. He has a a, a a how should I say? He has a dork badge out of five Badoos. So what do we give Faulkner? A half Badoof out of five? I think it was like a half Badoof. I honestly, looking okay. back on his clothes, it looks much better compared to this one. So I guess a retroact another half for Faulkner, but put Bug- Bugsy at, uh, at at a half Badoof? Yeah, I would give him a half Badoof and go back and give the other guy, like, two. I would actually rank it higher now. Oh, okay. I always, like I said, <laughs> well, I always, was, very, I always the, look the at it. The colors have been very cool. Yeah, I always go back and, Green like, and blue? Can't You know what? Wrong. It wasn't too bad. I like, like, it wasn't too bad. But this one, I don't see myself going back and being like, oh, actually, it's, no, this is, I, I can't. Yeah. Next week, we're going to look at Whitney, um, who's a normal type user, who dresses very normally, but I think 
it still looks pretty cool. So we'll look at Whitney next week. On to a few news stories before we wrap it up this week. He-Man has finally come to fall, guys. By the time this episode goes up, the event will be over. It did start like right after mm-hmm. the episode went up last week. Uh, costumes for He-Man, short, Skeletor, Tila, Battle Cat, um, Orko. And the coolest finisher um, celebration I oh, have ever seen. Fall epic. Fall guys, please allow a preview of what the final yes, screen. Because yes. most people are not going to. They're, they're, they're just like, uh, I'll get it someday or soon. And they forget about it, never get it, because they cannot see what it looked like. There's a bunch of them where I wished I knew what it looked like. And it's like, we'll just youtube it just see what it looks like i don't know it just seems like a big that's just going old, out like, of your way for something yeah. that should be in the game way. when you're spending real money on it exactly the event very short very short event i don't yeah i liked it though like it was one of those ones where you feel like you're progressing every mm-hmm. time you do you know around versus wormhole where it was like i might progress in the next 30 minutes but i also might not get anything i need in the next 30 one of the, minutes um one of just the best collecting events. stuff yeah, I think out of all the new events, future events, base it off this event because it was simple, easy, but not yeah, just it was like, like the lay back. Yeah, it, it's it's laid back, but not to the point where you can sleep and you'll get the reward. It's like you can still kind of chill, lay back, but put some effort to getting your reward. And it's pretty it's a it's a good reward. Yeah, the He-Man hair. Um, I did buy all of the cosmetics. I did buy everything in the collaboration because, uh, you know, I've been you know you, begging fall guys practically for two years now to put masters <laughs> of the universe stuff in you literally <laughs> every time i get the chance like 25 dollars and you being like that's it robert i'm done i'm never you know i'm done i'm spent for the for the month or whatever it's like bro there's people who spend like 80 bucks on a game one and that's like once two once every month every like I don't know. It's like you know. It's just like really twenty, like twenty five your limit because you know, like oh, I like this skin, but I will admit, don't I'm get glad those skins. it was only twenty. <laughs> no, but yeah, like I love Masters of the Universe. It's yeah, don't get the other skins. Me. They're not. They're, they'll be back, and they, they they aren't worth it right now. Master Universe is definitely more worth it. But it's good that yeah. you have a limit at least. You're like, you know, twenty five. That's it. I'm done. And I was gonna say, if they had previews of the of the celebrations, I don't know how many of the he-man ones they sold but i know they'd have sold a lot more if they let people see how awesome it is it plays a whole entire cutscene, dude (laughs) it is i think it's one of the best ones they've ever done and i've i don't own it because it's like so tops (laughs) yeah i haven't really planned on buying much skins but if i was just like i have other things i'm going with so it's like if i would have yeah definitely would have gone for that one plus skeletor's laugh Until next time, He-Man. What's the matter? Lost your king? Not a good guy. Isn't that like his like? I'm evil. Oh, I'm evil. His little his nameplate thing says, "I'm not good." (laughs) There you go. I just got one phrase to end this news story with. I have the power. Are we gonna drop the big uh, hammer on most people that say that Skeletor is He-Man's uncle? Isn't he though? Isn't he yeah, King he is. Randor's brother? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most people don't know that that he's he's oh. man's uncle or uh, Skeletor. Yeah, he's is, King uh, Randor's yeah. brother. I'm pretty sure. I think yeah, that was so, like confirmed. Well, I think I don't think most. I didn't even know that. You had to tell me that. Oh yeah, I think they have a, like a, a toy of it too that I've seen at the store where it's like it comes with like King Randor's brother that ended up being Man. Skeletor. 
That 2000 Skeletor toy that I had growing up, I don't oh, know whatever happened to it. The 2000 series? <laughs> yeah. I, I never knew what happened to it, but I had the Skeletor one. Oh, Masters of the Universe is so good. That's why we did a Masters of the Universe episode of this podcast about a year ago. <laughs> well, we did. Some quick stories. PSVR 2 is coming out um, next year. Exciting. $550. Would, 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 I would 100% will say I want this. I don't know, 150 bucks. Or was it 500 Yeah. That's that's too much. I'm thinking the price range should have been from 3 to 4 So either put it as much as the console or a little bit less. But, you know, at this point, we probably are going to find out years from now that Sony was actually losing money on some of these consoles. Or, or they always do, but they make their money back yeah. on, like, PlayStation Plus sales and stuff like that. That's what, you know, drives more and more sales. But... Am I interested in this VR headset too? Absolutely, I want to get it. But am I willing to drop that that amount of money at once on an accessory? Uh, I don't know. I might have to wait for a second hand down version. You know, someone who doesn't want it no more and they'll sell it for me for four hundred. I'll, I'll gladly take that or three hundred and take it. But yeah, I don't know, man. It, it's a it seems cool, like Sony's a going gimmick. a little too far with the prices. Like yeah, just more than they should have. Like with the it's controller and with the VR set. Yeah, it's too gimmicky because well, Oculus is what three two hundred bucks. That's the whole like appeal to it. It's a, a yeah. cheap alternative. Accessible. You yeah, you don't need all this stuff. It's very accessible to people. It's you can just have it. So that's yeah. what Sony needs to focus on with that. But I mean, we'll see. We'll see how much this thing costs because they're for sure they're losing money no matter what they price it at. Few other little quick things: Mario Party One and Two dropped on Switch Online for the expansion pass, alongside Nintendo 64 icons. But you can only get these with the expansion pass. Um, my favorite digital collectibles versus the PlayStation Stars thing, because um, I can go around rocking, you know, Mario 64 Stars. Avatar on uh, <laughs> on my Switch now. Does as Mario Party One, right? One and two, and one yes with Ooh, that one game yes, I was <laughs> that, that breaks up. people's yeah. controllers. <laughs> It's. I don't know if that's repeats. History's gonna repeat itself, but oh, just, please don't break your joy cons playing hard. Mario Party One on Switch Online, guys. If you know the game, if you don't know it, it's just you have to take your analog and rotate it at a full 360 multiple times. Uh, just be careful. Don't don't go too hard on it. You're gonna burn your palm or your thumb or your hand, or you're gonna break your controller. Just it, it's it's a party game. Few other little things. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart got some new 20th anniversary armors for free. So if you play that game or decide to replay it, you can access those new armors. In addition to some of the missing Ratchet and Clank games coming to PS3 streaming on PS Plus. Um, next week, there will be an Indie World. Uh, well, it's this week, actually. It's the day this episode goes up, but we won't be talking about it until next week's episode, obviously, because it hasn't aired at the time of recording. Netflix is making a Gears of War movie and an animated mm. TV show afterwards. Probably capitalize on some of that Edge Runners hype. <laughs> I did see that. Uh, Gears of War is that franchise still going on strong, or do you think it's, I mean, it's, it's a going on? Maybe IP. in the same capacity as Halo, to where I hear about it for a couple of weeks and then I don't hear but, anything ooh. about it until the next game. It's one of those things where I don't know if it's 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 just is it ever gonna have? I guess it's. You know, it's prime as it used to during the 360 yeah. era, or is it just gonna release it? Some people play it and then they forget about it. We'll see. But I don't, I don't think know. it hit its prime with four or five that it did wait, back wait, wait, on the 360 era. This is this is Netflix dropping it. 
the the uh, the the show the yeah show. and the movie and the, the movie and the animated series i mean resident evil didn't do so well and i can see why some i mean there was like i don't know netflix adaptation what i don't get with things. resident evil is why they just don't adapt the video games i'm telling you there's so many things that are uh not things but there's so many games that are, are easy movie time like you can add, add you know movie adaptation like without a doubt and it's just this like, is definitely going to be a segment one of these weeks where we decide what games should be tv shows or movies not today but like, i've always put we're definitely my, doing this <laughs> i always put my number one as like the mafia trilogy that could always yeah be a yeah movie or TV you've show told me franchise. about that before yeah, yeah. i think you've Hands talked about on that easy. on here before <laughs> easy yeah it's been on the podcast but that'll be like one of them but yeah uh so i'm very iffy i mean i wasn't like hype for it anyways i'm not a gears fan that's not like yeah, oh, me I'm, i never played it so it's like i i really have no like uh nostalgia glasses to it there's obviously there's that factor but i don't know netflix yeah. is haven't had the best track record of adaptations but they do have edge runners which isn't an adaptation but it is it did make cyberpunk like the most played game constantly people for like weeks. 180 cyberpunk it went from yeah unfinished game boring don't get it uh why do you do this to us and now people are like actually it's a good game so i don't know it's it's sort of a we'll see how long cyberpunk stands the test of time that's always the number one thing that you can tell if a game is good or not it's time itself still got dlc coming alongside everything else cd project red has announced but we got one final little news story this week with some big numbers i'm talking 170 million sales total for gta 5 and Red Dead Redemption as a franchise, 70 million with, I believe, 46 million um, Red Dead Redemption 2 sales. Why don't we have a 60 frames patch at the very least for this game yet? The I very, wonder. The, no, the very least is a just PS5 version that's 60 frames with some little ray tracing or more details. But, you know, because a free patch, that's definitely something that would be wishful thinking. And that's the dream. Never will happen. They will most likely re tool the game and repatch it and just resell it but from what we've seen from the very bad poor reviews and sales of the trilogy which i believe has only sold like 10 million copies um that is why rockstar says you know what yeah we're not remakes and re-releases aren't good for us we're never gonna do that gta 6 where it's just like it's so simple just unlock the frames and just re-update it or re-release it do something because the pc is able to do that you have a valid system that can show you that these are achievable things to do so my thing of wishful thinking i hope one day rockstar says at least we can re-release our greatest game and that's not even i will i will like take that as red dead redemption 2 is their best game they've ever yeah, made it is out of all their no games, lies it's detected the best. yeah it is the best there's nothing better than our rdr2 it's the best yeah. but hopefully one day if enough people say something or maybe they just come back to their senses, they'll just be like, you know what? We'll release it for next gen consoles with some ray tracing, some little more details and some 60 frames. That's all I want. I, I don't even I do. care about a little more details. I really just want it 60 frames. I know. It's already detailed enough. I was saying, like, I, I could, I, you know what? It could just be 60 frames. It could be a straight port to PS5 with 60 frames, you know, and I will be fine. It's fine. It's 60 frames because, like, it's like, Oh, but, you know, you just want the 60 frames. It's like, well, do I want to spend a grand on a PC that can give me those 60 frames but still have to buy the game or just spend 70 bucks on a re-release port with 60 frames and not, like, I'd rather spend the 70 bucks. 
And, you know, with the franchise Red Dead Redemption having two games in, in, in what they're considering Red Dead Redemption, selling 70, mil- 70 million copies, I feel like it has a couple of fans. You know, just a few. <laughs> a few. There's a couple out there. I mean, you know, just a few. I only think if you were to separate the GTA 5 sales from the online sales, GTA 5 would have as much or even like it would it would be as much but how many active people are are praising like gta 5 they're yeah. only playing the online people yeah. will praise I, i'm sorry i want to play red Dead redemption 2 and i probably will uh, like soon yeah uh kind of a a bummer note but let's uh, no nope. guess not gonna be a bummer note yeah don't leave not it gonna on be a uh, bummer note because next week we got Sonic and God of War. Got to leave oh, it with some yes, hype here. That is. <laughs> I forgot that is actually happening yeah. next week. So that Just as a last really little good. thing here. I asked Don't Robert to make a note, Metascore yeah. prediction for Sonic Frontiers. He said 63. I said 83. Ended up being 73. Go figure. It could, I'm telling you, it's either really good. Like it's. This, here's the thing. I like how it's none of our options because it's either really good or really bad. And I like how it's just right in the middle. It's like it's actually yeah. okay. So hey, we'll man, see, as long you know, as it's better than Sonic Colors, my God, as long as it's better than Sonic Colors, this will be a great game. Mm-hmm. But uh, time will tell, I guess. We'll see you next week. <laughs> for right now, we want to thank you guys for listening. As always, please listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star rating, a review, and subscribe. You can also listen on uh, Google Podcasts and Spotify. I think the Podbean links are kind of whack, so um, I'm not going to post the Podbean links anymore. This is just the the podcast host site, so yeah. Um, We will be back next week with uh, some AAA goodness, Uh, but before we go, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to quote a famous video game character, Robert, if you don't mind. Go for it. You know, Ellie, we really are the Street Fighter 3 new generation, and we will see you guys next week. Bye. Later.